Hello friends, today we are going to cover Luke chapter 9. As always, before we get into the word, let us cover our word in prayer that we may understand this fully and share it with whoever needs it. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for the day that you've given us. Thank you for the people that are in our lives, Lord, the people that we were able to touch and the people that have touched our hearts. Lord, we pray that you allow us the knowledge, wisdom, and understanding to really grasp the word that we are about to receive, to put it into work into our own lives, and to share it with whoever needs to hear it. Lord, help us to be beacons of light for your love, kindness, grace, and mercy. Holy Spirit, be breathed into us today and walk with us throughout our day so that we may walk in your guidance in each and every step. Protect us with your shield, O Lord, and keep our hearts and minds and souls safe from the enemy. Help us to overcome any attack that may be put against us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This first section is called Jesus Sends Out the Twelve. When Jesus had called the twelve together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. He told them, take nothing for the journey, no staff, no bag, no bread, no money, no extra shirt. Whatever house you enter, stay there until you leave that town. If people do not welcome you, leave their town and shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. So they set out and went from village to village, proclaiming the good news and healing people everywhere. Now Herod the Tetrarch heard about all that was going on, and he was perplexed because some were saying that John had been raised from the dead, others that Elijah had appeared, and still others that one of the prophets of long ago had come back to life. But Herod said, I beheaded John. Who, then, is this I hear such things about? And he tried to see him. This next section is called Jesus Feeds the 5,000. When the apostles returned, they reported to Jesus what they had done. Then he took them with him, and they withdrew by themselves to a town called Bethsaida. But the crowds learned about it and followed him. He welcomed them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God and healed those who needed healing. Late in the afternoon, the twelve came to him and said, Send the crowd away so they can go to the surrounding villages and countryside and find food and lodging, because we are in a remote place here. He replied, You give them something to eat. They answered, We only have five loaves of bread and two fish, unless we go and buy food for all this crowd. About five thousand men were there. But he said to his disciples, Have them sit down in groups of about fifty each. The disciples did so, and everyone sat down. Taking the five loaves and two fish, and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke them. Then he gave them to the disciples to distribute to the people. They all ate and were satisfied, and the disciples picked up twelve basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. This next section is called... Peter declares that Jesus is the Messiah. Once, when Jesus was praying in private and his disciples were with him, he asked them, Who do the crowd say I am? They replied, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others 
that one of the prophets of long ago has come back to life. But what about you, he asked. Who do you say I am? Peter answered, God's Messiah. This next section is called Jesus Predicts His Death. Jesus strictly warned them not to tell this to anyone, and he said, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Then he said to them all, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self? Whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. Truly I tell you, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the kingdom of God. This next section is called the Transfiguration. About eight days after Jesus said this, he took Peter, John, and James with him and went up onto a mountain to pray. As he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. Two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in glorious splendor, talking with Jesus. They spoke about his departure, which he was about to bring to fulfillment at Jerusalem. Peter and his companions were very sleepy, but when they became fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men standing with him. As the men were leaving Jesus, Peter said to him, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not know what he was saying. While he was speaking, a cloud appeared and covered them, and they were afraid as they entered the cloud. A voice came from the cloud saying, This is my son whom I have chosen. Listen to him. When the voice had spoken, they found that Jesus was alone. The disciples kept this to themselves and did not tell anyone at that time what they had seen. This next section is called Jesus Heals a Demon-Possessed Boy. The next day, when they came down from the mountain, a large crowd met him. A man in the crowd called out, Teacher, I beg you to look at my son, for he is my only child. A spirit seizes him, and he suddenly screams. It throws him into convulsions so that he foams at the mouth. It scarcely ever leaves him and is destroying him. I begged your disciples to drive it out, but they could not. You unbelieving and perverse generation, Jesus replied. How long shall I stay with you and put up with you? Bring your son here. Even while the boy was coming, the demon threw him to the ground in a convulsion. But Jesus rebuked the impure spirit, healed the boy, and gave him back to his father. And they were all amazed at the greatness of God. This next section is called, Jesus Predicts His Death a Second Time. While everyone was marveling at all that Jesus did, he said to his disciples, Listen carefully to what I am about to tell you. The Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men. But they did not understand what this meant. It was hidden from them, so they did not grasp it, and they were afraid to ask him about it. An argument started among the disciples as to which of them would be the greatest. 
Jesus, knowing their thoughts, took a little child and had him stand beside him. Then he said to them, Whoever welcomes this little child in my name welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. For it is the one who is least among you all who is the greatest. Master, said John, we saw someone driving out demons in your name, and we tried to stop him because he is not one of us. Do not stop him, Jesus said, for whoever is not against you is for you. This next section is called Samaritan Opposition. As the time approached for him to be taken to heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. And he sent messengers on ahead, who went into a Samaritan village to get things ready for him. But the people there did not welcome him, because he was heading for Jerusalem. When the disciples, James and John, saw this, they asked, Lord, do you want us to call fire down from heaven to destroy them? But Jesus turned and rebuked them. Then he and his disciples went to another village. This last section is called The Cost of Following Jesus. As they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, Foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. He said to another man, Follow me. But he replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, Let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, No one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. So that is the end of Luke chapter 9. Let's go ahead and get into some of these verses that I had questions on. So the first thing I want to get into is Luke 9.41, where Jesus says, You unbelieving and perverse generation. Jesus replied, How long shall I stay with you and put up with you? Bring your son here. So this confused me because obviously Jesus had given the disciples the ability to rebuke demons, um, but... For some reason, the disciples were not able to cast out this demon, and this frustrated Jesus, which I didn't really understand because the disciples were human, so obviously they had faults. But it says later on in Matthew chapter 17, verse 19 through 21, that he explains to them that they couldn't cast out the demon because of their little faith, and if they have faith the size of a mustard seed, they can move mountains. But the disciples were not the only people that Jesus was talking to. In Mark 9 verse 22, Mark's account tells that the father says, If you can, heal him. And so Jesus responds, If you can, all things are possible for one who believes. That's from Mark 9.23. I'm getting this commentary from BibleRef.com. And this really goes into detail on the question that I had of why it would say perverse. I really didn't understand that because I knew that Jesus would have been frustrated with them, but I didn't understand why he called them perverse. So it says, Faithless describes someone who does not believe God's work. Faithlessness also indicates a lack of loyalty or trustworthiness. 
Twisted has more of a sense of perversion or depravity. Crooked means something false, twisted, insecure, or dishonest. Instead of faithless or crooked, the Septuagint uses a word for rebellious or morally corrupted. All this combines to affirm that lack of faith in Jesus and his work indicates a morally twisted character. Disbelieving God is immoral and leads to immorality. This coming from Romans 1.21. The fact that they once could cast out demons and now can't indicates their faith in Jesus is decreasing. So the next section that I wanted to talk about was Luke chapter 9 verses 59 through 62 where there's a man on the road who tells Jesus I'll follow you wherever you go. Jesus says foxes have dens and birds have nests but the son of man has no place to lay his head. So he tells the man follow me but the man says Lord first let me go and bury my father. Jesus said to him let the dead bury their own dead but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, No one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. So the first man that says he wants to follow God and says that he has a burial that he has to go to. The article I am reading from BibleHub.com says that Jesus read something in this man's heart or words he had heard him speak and that moved the Redeemer's great love so he gave him a special call. So it says his character was overcautious, cold, and calculating to an ungenerous excess. And in this article it states that there was evidently sterling stuff in the character for Jesus argues and remonstrates with him. There was too much gold mingled with the earth of that man's disposition for the Lord lightly to let it go. It is thus that the Spirit pleads still with the selfishness which disfigures many a noble and devoted servant of high God. He seems to say, My call is too imperative to yield to any home duties, however orderly and respectable. It says, During the official days of mourning, in the case of a funeral, these were seven, the impression now made by his summoning words would have worn off. It is noticeable that the home duties, which Jesus suggested, should give place to other and more imperative claims, were in connection with the dead. It is not the living father who is to be left to hirelings, only the inanimate corpse. It was rather a society call than a home or family duty, which was to give place to work for the master. St. Chrysostom makes some quaint but strikingly practical remarks here. He says he might need, if he went to the funeral, to proceed after the burial to make inquiry about the will and then about the distribution of the inheritance and all the other things that follow thereupon, and thus waves after waves of things coming in upon him in succession might bear him very far away from the harbor of truth. For this cause, doubtless, the Savior draws him and fastens him to himself. And the second guy says, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. And Jesus replied, No one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. 
I'm using the same website, BibleHub.com, and here it says, there is an implied reproach in our Lord's reply to what, on first thoughts, would seem a reasonable request. The offer in this case came from the man himself. It would appear that this would-be disciple, on thinking the matter over, considered it might be desirable to hear what his family and friends thought about his project. At all events, one thing is clear. His first ardor was cooled. His first love left. The master in his pithy but striking comment shows when such is the case that there is little or no hope for any real noble work being carried out. This simile is drawn from agricultural imagery. Jesus was evidently very familiar with all the little details of rural life. We find a similar saying in Hesiod. He who would plow straight furrows must not look about him. So that's the commentary that I have for today. I hope you guys enjoyed this chapter as much as I did. I hope you learned something from this and that you're able to share it with whoever needs to hear it. Have a great day and till next time.